freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, rolling on from the desert. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app. Uh, still a bunch more guests. We're not done yet. Dominic Canzone coming your way in 30 minutes. Ty France at 8 o'clock this morning. We'll go through some of the best of the week and some of what we've heard at 8.30. Brock's Buff Dudes Report is at 9 o'clock today. And then uh, I think the four of us will go around a circle for Rang today and just talk about our favorite moments that we've had this week. And uh, I'm sure Mora's will be the death of that bunny that she tore limb from limb with her big fingers. You guys. You may have a surprise in the 9 o'clock. Oh, oh really? I not about Surprise. No, yeah. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. A surprise coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's, I wanted to ask you guys. Did you bring the rabbit? Wanted to ask you. Yeah, the, <laughs> he's, he's alive and thriving. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The rabbit's going to kill, kill the rabbit. Kill the rabbit. Kill the rabbit. Here's, I wanted to ask you a series of three questions. Okay. I'll start with you, Brock, but you guys can think of your answers as well. How did give me a one? Are you giving me two hours answer? No, I'm no. I'm not giving you time, but it's a one sentence answer. Okay. How did you feel about the 2024 Mariners at Thanksgiving? Mm. Yeah, I'll go a little later. Yeah. Uh, December 15th. Yeah. How did you feel about the 2024 Mariners on December 15th? Yeah, pro- uh, probably would use the word frustrated. I don't think. Since the season ended and, and just that frustration at the last couple of weeks of the season and most of September, I would say there was nothing between the end of the season and what do you say? Early December, yeah. mid-December that really changed. Well, that. and quite frankly, and, I would say it yes, got worse. It did. It Be- was at the winter meetings yes. right around there that we yes. found out that they weren't spending, that Correct. they were actually pulling back. Correct. And that was that was tough. Yes. What did you think about this Mariner team before you came down here? When you left your house on Sunday, yeah. what did you think about yeah, this? Mariner I think team? after spending a bunch of time with Dan Zimborski's and Jeff Passens and many others, I would say solid. I just feel like yeah, it's a solid baseball. It's an 85, 86 win baseball team. Yeah. Solid baseball team. Not terrible, not bad, not rebuilding, not necessarily elite, but uh, kind of like a, you know, a. An eight handicap, seven right. handicap, really good golfer, you know, single digit golfer. How do you feel about them today? I feel uh, so. If I'm going to use that handicap, probably down to a four or five handicap, four or five handicap, and mostly because there's a lot of clubs they can play. I think that's been my biggest takeaway this week. Is they just, other than starting pitching, which is the weirdest thing to say because that's the core and identity of this team. That is where you don't have a lot of depth after Emerson Hancock that we know of, and things can change and emerge. But uh, you've got a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs to play with some young players, a lot of clubs to play positionally, a lot of clubs to play in your bullpen. And I know the brash news, I was chatting with some folks, should probably come out today at some point. I doubt this morning, and I'm not hopeful on that like you. But there's... No, I am also not hopeful, yes. Yes. Like like me, you you are not hopeful. Correct. So, yeah, I would say I feel, and that's genuinely, you know, gonna, or genuinely going to happen when you have the proximity we've had this week mm-hmm. <laughs> to see these guys, to hear from these guys, to talk to all these guys, to see them in person, 
So, yeah, I feel uh, I feel like this is a four-handicap team, four or five-handicap team. It's an interesting squad. I, I think I'd probably echo a lot of those sentiments, right? In December, you're just so freaking mad. mad. Like, what mad. the heck? Everything that had happened in September into October, and this is what you do next? It's a little, it's like you rejected. Oh, it like was... left, left at the, at the dance. Yes. Like, wait. Well, what? I, I wrote, we came here together, and we, we got all the way here, <laughs> sounds, and you're not. Sounds like my junior prom. I remember that <laughs> experience very well. Like, oh, and you're with him. Okay, great. Yeah, was that a shout out to G. Scott for dejected. an analogy this morning? Yeah, yeah thank you. A morning yeah, analogy. It did, did kind of, I think that's a great analogy. And then, you know, as they start making their moves, Jerry said it yesterday. It was a slow start to their offseason. He said it was it was painful even. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really happy with some of the aggressiveness they showed in the second half of the offseason and what they were able to do with Polanco and Santos and Garver and the guys that they've brought in. And that's why I've made a, a point to reference a few times here today. They're going to end up with almost 50% or right around 50% mm-hmm. new players who are not here at the beginning of last year. So this, hey, it's the same team as last year. They're just rolling it back. That's not true. The question is, when they rearranged, did they just, you know, take the deck chairs and put them in different spots? Or did they actually buy nicer chaise lounges? And I I don't know the answer to that yet. I really don't. Am I hopeful? Yeah. I'm not negative about this team. I think you're right about some of the variety. I think you're right about some of the workmanlike aspect to them. I think I've learned my lesson in terms of trying to get a sense as to what a personality of a team is going to be and assuming that it's going to just carry into the season. But there is uh, a lot of positive regarding this team's... You know, Scott's shown an ability to keep his club together and to keep the good guys together and all that. So I'm not, like, concerned about it, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they got great chemistry, so they're going to win the World Series. So do you Uh, feel— Here's the last thing I want to say about it, and then then I'll answer your question. Here's the thing that I think is most surprising about this team. Not the 50% turnover rate, although that's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. You've said a few times you don't want to hear how this is a young core. I don't want to hear about how it's young. I don't want to hear about how they're young. Fair. They got enough guys on this roster that are not young and have grown up and are veterans and are experienced. Where do you think this roster will rank in baseball in terms of average opening day age? Hmm. Middle of the pack? Fifth youngest. Hmm. They are expected. Now, we'll wait and see what actually happens, who makes every team. But they are expected to have the fifth youngest opening day roster. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? For all of the experience they've added, and Polanco and Garver, they've added experience. They really have. Yes. And they're still projected to have the fifth youngest roster on opening day. Well, I think the pitching side of that, you know, is... It balances it out. Yeah. But isn't isn't that what you want? Young pitching and some veteran hitting? Yes. Right? I mean, that's one of the things that I think gives them a little bit of an edge. The pitching is young. They haven't all blown out their arms. You are talking about guys who are still on the up, throwing hard, throwing gas, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and hopefully some guys in your lineup Mm -hmm. that can add a little bit more maturity in their approach. So as we left here last year, right? Oh, man, I really like this team. As you put together your piece before the start of the season. Yeah, it was regrettable. What's changed? What's the difference? You know, you know where where is this team compared to that team? Was it because there was Robbie Ray, right, and there was Luis Castillo at the top, and there were some of those veterans, and and that starting pitching with Marco and Flexen and all of that stretched 
eight or nine deep last year. Yeah. And we didn't really even know. I mean, we knew of Miller and got to see him start to show off here, but we didn't really even know. Well, we had heard Miller and Wu when some of these guys were coming. We knew that it was six deep and they had guys on the way. And as it turns out, you know, Robbie Ray getting hurt in his first start of the year. brutal. I mean, you want to talk about things that went wrong for the team last year. We can talk about Colton Wong and we can talk about Tay Oscar and we can Mm -hmm. talk about A.J. Pollock and And talk about uh, what's his name, little Tommy Listella. And those are all fair. Yep. But it's also Ty France had a lousy year. Julio didn't have a Julio year. Robbie Ray got injured in his first start of the year. your Cy Young Award winner who had been your biggest free agent signing of the Jerry DePoto era. Yep. So, I mean, like, it obviously went awry. It went wrong. It didn't go the way it was supposed to. I'm not going to make any proclamations about this team going Mm -hmm. to the World Series or anything Mm -hmm. like it. But I think this team is about as talented as last year's team was. And I think last year's team could have been good enough to go farther than it did. I think this year's team can do the same thing, mm-hmm. but obviously what tra- transpires on the field is going to be what, what makes that happen. Should I so. include lettuce in Buff Dude Reports? Because oh. there's some strong lettuce here. And there, there's some guys with great hair. I mean, great flow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have to add that Mitch, to the list this year. Yeah. The two Mitches. Sure. Oh, for sure. Put them, oh, yeah. put them, put them <laughs> yeah. high on the list. Yeah, no question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Dominic Canzone coming up. He's got nice hair coming up in, what, 20 minutes? We got Ty France coming up in 50 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's a big day here at uh, spring training. We'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Pretty spectacular performance right behind us just moments ago as Logan Gilbert went around the horn with the yeah. uh, with the three-point shooting competition. He might be the best I've seen so far. Yeah. Very pretty stroke out there. Yeah, kind of a, li- a little bit like your childhood. A little Larry Legend. Little Larry Bird. A little off to the yeah, side. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh-huh. There was a little Larry Bird to uh-huh. the whole thing. Uh, one of his partners, Bryce Miller, pretty sharp yesterday in his first start of the spring. They're going right through this rotation, right? First it was Luis, then it was George. To yesterday, it, uh, then Logan, then yesterday it was Bryce. Today is going to be Brian Wu. I think overall all Scott Service. Happy with the way that game went yesterday. Uh, Bryce Miller, outstanding. Uh, really happy with uh, what that looked like today. All of his pitches going and through four or five of the new pitch, the split finger, I thought was, was pretty good. So uh, good sign there. I thought uh, Munoz looked fantastic. I mean, it's about as good as we've seen. That's midseason form right there uh, with his stuff. I think, uh, you know, pretty Bolton, um, a guy that newly acquired, trying to get a feel for what he brings was, was really good as well. Obviously, uh, home runs, uh, Cole Young. Uh, he does much better in the game than he does in the morning meetings. So uh, that's a good thing. That's a good Wow, Scott taking shots at the kid. Uh, Cole Young did come in one of three home runs. Uh, he had one. Uh, Ryan Anderson had one. And Kate Marlowe had one. But it was it was Cole Young's that Scott wanted to talk about afterwards because it was hit yeah. real hard. He's not the biggest guy, but he has got some pop in him. And, you know, you always got to be careful, Salky when Mora's around with her phone, because she'll take a picture. Like, she don't mind taking a picture. So, Bryce Miller, right outside the door over there, had a little Theragun on his arm. He had that unique um, tank top with the stocking cap. Yeah. You don't always see that look. No, it's unique. That's kind of that Texarkana. He doesn't really care. And I could see that he won't, you know, he was in a chatty mode, even though he was starting about an hour later. You could tell. Yeah, and I, I was just curious, and I said, what do you do for a first spring start? 
Because I know during the season you got to plan. You're going to attack guys different ways. Is there anything you know for you with your first start here you want to do? Let it rip. Is that what he said? <laughs> I just want to let it rip. <laughs> let it rip. Oh, well, he threw 97 a couple of rip. times yesterday, and you know who was letting it rip, and he doesn't even look like he's trying as Andres Munoz. Yes. I mean, he threw 100 to 101, and it was effortless, just like he's playing catch out there. You forget what a weapon he is, and excited to see what it looks like with Santos and the rest of this bullpen out there. I don't know whether Matt Brash is going to be a part of it. We'll find out. Sounds like later today we should know more, but the quiet around mm. Matt Brash, none of it feels very positive and just a huge bummer to start off this season. Mm. Here's the second thing you need to know. Hold on. Report, come what? Service got to work on a shot. Oh, it's not pretty? Well, I, I, I can tell him what's wrong. Oh, yeah? Well, I know this from Molly. Molly is the shot doctor. Okay. He's he's really a pusher. He's got to get underneath. Yeah, it's like the a ball. two. No, he's yeah. it's like a two-handed yeah. set shot. Yeah, you see how he. he he's yeah. an old guy. I mean, okay. give him a break. It's kind of a. It's kind right. of a, like a shot put. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a set yeah. shot. Yeah, shot put it easy, yeah. but you could shot put, but be yeah. under the ball still. Yeah, it's more of the like old school it, John. Hopper yeah, kind of looks like a little guy in Hoosiers. Opie. I'm sure he would love to hear that. Throw everything at the hoop. Uh, let's see. Report yesterday from Jordan Schultz that the Seahawks are going to basically keep Geno Smith throughout the year. Good. I mean, I think we sort of knew that, but nice to to see that continue to develop. Ian Rappaport is saying they're meeting with Drake May and Jaden Daniels. Okay. And actually, the story that came out in the NFL yesterday I thought was most interesting, and I don't know whether I like it. Mm. I know we should like it. I know I should like this. And that is that we may be done with the chain gang yeah. as the way of determining first downs. They're going to actually try to put like a laser scope in there to determine first downs. It rather is the than... year 2024. I don't yeah. care. I like the okay. chain gang. You know who likes it, too? Do you know who the biggest adversary is to all this technology? The because the XFL and the USFL and now the UFL, we, we have the technology in place. No, no, it's not the officials. They would love to get rid of that stuff. No, the biggest adversary TV. to it and the biggest believer, oh, the, networks. the biggest believer in it is Roger Goodell. Wow. He thinks, and he is told, I know this from the very top, suspense. that there is a suspense. He's yeah. right. That there is a build-up Oh, my to gosh, it. I don't there is a, agree yes. with Goodell, yeah, but you right. <laughs> uh, once again, you and Goodell. Some theater. It's totally fun. on the same page. I do like the theater. I do like I it's like what it. He, it's yeah. what he, when they come out for the measurement, it is a pretty awesome moment. Correct. You can't get rid of that. Ah, man, I'm you out. And Roger. I'm out on this. Here's the third thing you need to know. Here's Oliver Bjorkstrand coming up with the early goal last night for the Kraken en route to a 2 0 win. Uh, you don't have to run through the end boards, but somebody has to put a hat on somebody. Morgan now gets it again. His shot pinballing off Wenberg. They score! Oliver Bjorkstrand! You can cue the maestro at the right time! I love the way that comes out of a conversation about how you got to go out and hit somebody. Like, I mean, you don't have to run through those end boards, but you better put a hat on somebody and go hit. And you know what? It leads to a goal, and uh, the Kraken get a 2 nothing win. Shut out for Philip Grubauer yesterday, but they are still seven points currently out of a playoff spot. Cougs get the win. They were down 12 early to USC, but they come back to win. And Caitlin Clark, Brock, has mm. made her announcement. She is going to the WNBA. Yeah, she'll take her game and make her money there so 23 games to go 
for the uh, for the old Kraken. They sit there at 63 points over your years of watching hockey, you and Mora, through all of the different years and decades. Is there kind of a point number that typically is secure and safe? Like back in the old days, if you got to 10 wins in the NFL, if you're 10 and 6, you're going to be a playoff team. If you're in baseball and you get so to hard 54%. To say percent, changed all the rules so many times during the course of my time watching the NHL, right? First there were ties and then there was this. Like they're always okay. changing that. All right. So hard to hard, hard to, to say. Figure. Yeah, I don't know that I have a number for you. I mean, but. right at 500, you're at about 82 points. Okay. That gives you a yeah. shot. They're going to have some work to do. Seven points behind, 23 games to go. Tough division. Yeah. Hope the boys can get it done. And by the way, uh, little tidbits out of the old combine in Indianapolis. We have talked about player empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. In the, and kind of that, that creep towards, I'm not going to be told. Would you really like? Oh I, oh, I certainly love it. Absolutely. Caleb Williams has said no to any medical exams at the combine. Yeah. And old Marvin Harrison said no thank you to press conferences. And we'll even see if he shows up at all. So... Yeah, a couple players right there. I saw Tavondre Sweat running his 40. Uh, it's six, four and a half, 366, running 527. That's pretty Ooh. impressive. Oh, he was bad. moving, too. I mean, not like, bad. maybe it's 527, and that doesn't look like 4-4. Four, four, yes. But he looked like he was moving real fast uh, yeah. for a guy of that size. Uh, yeah. You sure he's going to be a day two pick? Probably. Okay. Just the endurance okay. part of it. Prob- right. Probably. All I can think about a salt refusing to get way to the physical now. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. All right, that's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Before we talk to Dominic Canzone, uh, did you hear Cowherd yesterday and his thoughts on the whole um, – on the whole survey that came out from the players. Mm. He went off on it. Actually, it might be worth seeing if we could find it. Basically, his point was the the Chiefs got a lousy grade for ownership. Right. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, he just went off like, oh, you don't have, like, the right coffee and you don't have the right, you know, lighting and the mirrors. You know what I want from my owner? The right people around the best quarterback. Yes. I want Andy Reid and the right pieces around the best quarterback, and you can take your special mirror and shove it. So it was it was huh. a pretty interesting rant. Not Well, it was better than yours. Well, that's right. Yeah. You had a similar idea, but he yes. really captured it. Well, he that's right at the heart of the essence of his whole foundation building. Right. It's always owner, right, GM. Head coach, quarterback. You got to have the owner. Got to have the owner, and to win all the championships, they've won three of them, right? Or two, three of them. Been in the Super Bowl how many different times? Mahomes, like, yeah, that, that guy's. Just, I gotta imagine if I'm. What, is it Clark Hunt? Is that the case? Yes. They all voted and ranked their owner dead last. I though, know all the Chiefs well, players. Wouldn't you just be like, really? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Sorry I helped you win another championship and put the right pieces in place and hired Andy Reid and kept all this thing together. So sorry I wasn't able to, you know, make your life a whole lot easier. Mm. Pretty amazing. All right, coming up, uh, Dominic Canzone is one of the people who has been most discussed here in camp because he is bigger, because he is hitting for more power, and because, quite frankly, he's got a much bigger role expected of him this year, and they need a lot from him. We'll sit down with Dominic. Coming up next, it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, Seattle Sports. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, it's just been so much fun. What an awesome week we've been having, getting the opportunity to meet uh, not just the guys that we've hung out with in the past and, and talk to guys like Scott and Jerry, et cetera, but also some of the players mm-hmm. that we don't know nearly as well. And we started to get to know as a player anyway, Dominic Canzone last year from the trade deadline on. But uh, first time at spring training here with the Mariners. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Tell me, uh, tell me about the last few months of your life. I mean, you're coming up to the big leagues with Arizona and everything's incredible. 
incredible. You're in the big leagues for the first time, and then bang, you're on another team. What was that whole experience like? I mean, just looking back on it, it was just a, it's just a blessing to just be a part of two great organizations, and um, the Mariners were just so welcoming after the trade because, again, it was, it was just a whirlwind, uh, just debut, and then a couple of weeks later being on a new team, and you leave all pretty much your best friends from Arizona, come to a new organization. Um, we weren't even in the playoff hunt, and then all of a sudden we rattle off a crazy amount of wins in a row, and then we're right there in the mix. So it was a lot, and it was just it was so fun to compete at the highest level. But at the same time, we got a lot of work to do, and uh, we're going to get back right where we need to be. If my memory serves me right, and sometimes it's questionable, mm-hmm. if my memory serves me right. Then the Mariners just play in Arizona. Yep. And you all played against each other. And if I remember right, you had like a double, I think. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Just pull that Very right impressive. out. Uh-huh. I got a cool picture of uh, myself with uh, Gino on third. So that's yeah. a cool one. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was in the D-backs jersey. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was still in the Mariners. So that's a cool one. And now we flip-flop. So That's right. Uh, that'd be definitely cool to get something similar with those jerseys on. Did you have any sense then in that series versus the Mariners, the trade deadline would be days later, any sense at all? that you would then switch uniforms and be out of Arizona? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, j- just for, just from talks and stuff, um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be me or another guy, but uh, I, I knew it was in the discussion. So uh, when it happened, I wasn't like totally, totally shocked. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, still just a, a life 360. So uh, so what do you do in that moment? I've always been curious about this. So you get traded. Do the Mariners help find you housing right away and a rental car? And, like, we don't even – we see you play, but then there's all the rest of life that mm-hmm. nobody even thinks about. You know, you have a place here or you live in here, you're doing all your thing. How did that? How does that go about, you know, what role do they play? Or is that kind of on your own, your agent, your people? Like, okay, now i got to find an apartment, now i got to find a car, now i got to find how to live, now i got to find a map, now i got to use my phone. Yeah, no, the, the Mariners did a great job with all that. They give you a hotel for at least a week or however long you need it, and then they get your car out there, which is huge. And then uh, obviously you got great teammates that are going to pick you up. Like Cal, Cal helped me out a lot just getting me into a place. So uh, that was so nice just being up in West Seattle in, in, in a nice home. So uh, it, was, it, it was a good transition, about as smooth as it possibly could have gone. Cool. Tell us about your game, because from everything I've heard, we didn't get to see the full Dominic Canzone experience last year. Were you banged up a little bit by the time you got here? Uh, yeah, my, my legs were not completely underneath me. Um, it, it's it's really good to just be fully healthy this this year right now and just coming into a off season and, and, and being able to tend to some of those things. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited for the future and what and what this team can do. All right, so tell us who are you when you were at your best. When you're out there playing, when you feel that you're most confident, what will we see in Dominic Canzo? Just, just a hitter, man. Just a hitter that's uh, going to help the team in, in many ways, hopefully. Griffey. He said Griffey to us off the air. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah. Oh, no, oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. You asked him who his favorite yeah. player. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not comparing myself to Griffey. Don't <laughs> yeah. put that on. Sizemore. Was yeah, it Sizemore? Yeah. Grady Sizemore? Just I wish thing. I had his speed, but. You know. <laughs> well, what you do have is a bunch of added muscle, and they were all making fun of me because you walked in the other day, and I yelled at you about, you know, how did you do it? Um, but why don't you share with everybody, like, you finished season, you know, you got to get your legs back underneath you. But you got to grow and develop. So, what was the plan, and then ultimately, what was the action? Yeah, last year it was just it was, again with just so much going on. It was it was really tough for me to uh, keep weight on. And um, once I got my place, I knew one of the first things I wanted to do uh, with my completely unfinished basement 
was finish it and and put a weight room down there so we ended up doing that and my brother and i definitely <laughs> did as much as we could down there so it was a great time bonding with him and doing that type of stuff and and, and working out as much as possible down there so uh that was just the main goal and, and hopefully putting on some weight and putting on some strength finish the basement yourself uh, I mean, we had contractors oh, come okay. in, but we did uh, we did basically the whole weight room part by ourselves besides the walls. So That's cool. uh, it, it was a fun project. Uh, my dad helped me with the big Smith machine, so it was fun. So not to give away all your secrets, okay, but there are young players that listen. There are coaches that listen to this show and, and dads that listen to the show, and they're saying, okay, so if, if Dom can do this, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So what did that? what do those workouts look like? I mean, is it... Uh, heavy lifting is it a lot of olympic moves is it you know is it similar to what we're going to see you do here when you leave us and, and head to the gym this afternoon like what what do those workouts look like uh definitely different from what you do like during the season okay. um in, in the off season i do try to do a lot more uh, as you, as some might call like body body lifting or bodybuilding type movements whether it's bench squat deadlift so i try to go uh basically warm up to almost max uh not complete max right. and then after that i just try to rep out as much possible with whatever exercise i'm doing okay he looks physically i mean you just see it. you can see i heard you hit yeah. a little broken bat home run yes i did that is that <laughs> a common a thing for you no it's not <laughs> no it is not i would not be surprised if that never happened again that was definitely a, a interesting moment yesterday who have you gotten to know you, you've been now around this team for a little while you had the last couple of months of last year off season now spring training who, who have you gotten to know and get close to well, I lived with uh, Cal and uh, Kane Morrow last year, so uh, it was definitely good getting to know those guys. Uh, again, very welcoming. And, uh, I heard Kane's a really smart dude. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, he knows his stuff, and uh, that's one heck of a disciplined guy. Um, he does all the right things, and, again, just a great teammate. Do you feel like you had to kind of – because he used to live with Logan, right? And then Logan got married. Who, Cal? Right. Didn't Cal live with Logan? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah then Logan didn't. went and oh, got yeah. married, ditched him. Yeah. And so then you guys end up kind of moving in. Do you feel like now you're supposed to get married? Is that like a oh, whoa, whoa, pressure whoa. on you? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold. Right. Hold on a second. Old. Yeah, I've been dating my girl for about six months now. So, okay, so you're, yeah. not, you're not quite yeah. at that level. Easy, just yet. Yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. marriage guy. I know. Easy, easy. Oh, I was just kidding. Was. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, expectations for you, Tom. You talk about hitting the ball and seeing the game and adding the strength, but you know, you you have an opportunity in this outfield, the corner outfield spots here. What are your own expectations personally? Uh, personally, I mean, again, I just I just want to win, man. I mean. It, all the all the all the individual stats will will come will come with winning, and I know um, if 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 there's situations that we need, whether it's just driving in a guy that's on third, hitting a sack fly. I mean, uh, the more you can just do for the team, the better your numbers are going to be. So, uh, just just really doing what they what they really need that day. Do you have a preference, right, left field? Does, does that matter to you at all? Um, I played right field basically my whole entire college career, so that's probably where I'm most comfortable. But we're learning, we're uh, learning left field kind of on the fly here. So um, I mean, they're not too different. So I mean, I'm going to figure it out. I would hope. I mean, there, but but <laughs> at the same time, it is. I mean, you, the ball's spinning the other way. That's got to. If you've been always playing one, that's got to take some amount of, of. Yeah, it's more. It's more just like kind of the righty hook is the toughest read for me. That's kind of going off my. You think it's going to be in the gap, and it goes off towards more towards the left field line. So that's been the bit, the the toughest read for me. Um, but can you the, work on that specifically? Like, can you go out with a guy with a set up a and jugs machine that? or set up or is that something? Yeah, you usually the um, usually the yeah, like you said, like the jugs machine or the hack hack attack is you almost like 
you shoot like a slider. So like you'll shoot a slider barely over like your left shoulder, mm. and then you'll you'll just like visualize basically that the hitter's hitting you uh, almost like a hook. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, a jug machine's pretty good for that. Brock's familiar with the hooks. A couple of those, I think, on the golf course the uh, other day that went a little, uh, yeah. little farther left than maybe you would oh, you like. Think? Yeah, just, yeah. A, just a little. Yeah. I was Me more and of a, Justin. More yeah. of a slice guy. But yep. um, what about some of the other technology that they've got here, whether it's the traject or looking at the you know, launch angles? Are you into that, that sort of minute part of hitting? Or are you, hey, tell me what the pitcher throws. I want to see it and hit it. Um, it's more for for me. It was a lot of uh, a few little mechanical adjustments I talked to JD about, and, and it it did have to do with launch angle, but we didn't necessarily use that terminology. It more just had to do with the bat angle and uh, kind of just getting the ball in the air. But yeah, the traject is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. The investment they put in that thing is gonna, I think, help this team a lot. How do you uh, use it? I know guys can use it in different ways. How do you use it? Uh, I mean, you can just even even just having it. Uh, in uh, in Seattle, we can see the the pitcher you're about to face and and the pitches he has. So you can see it's about as realistic as you could possibly get. So that that that's definitely a huge help. Do you swing off it, or do you just kind of watch it and say, okay, this is what it's going to look like tonight? So the problem we had with it, we had it last year in Seattle, but the problem with it was we were using the hard balls last year, and sometimes it can be uh, a little inaccurate with just uh, sink and cut. So guys were kind of getting jammed. They were breaking bats. And like, I don't want to do that before the game. Yeah, I don't want to get banged up before the game. So we got these new special. Their, their, base, their baseballs are just a tick softer. So if you get jammed or you hit it off the end or you're falling off your leg, it's not going to hurt. So it's it's basically a baseball. It's just a softer one. So uh, it's, it's helped a lot. Just Honestly, just getting the new baseball has been the biggest thing for mm-hmm. it. Do you have any room in your basement still? Put one of those suckers right in there. I do not have no? $600,000 <laughs> laying around <laughs> for, my, Darn it. For, for that. A couple good but, years. Yeah. You can yeah. have a couple of traject machines if you want. <laughs> you just got to think big. Yeah. Hey, we have last thing, and, and we've been told we have to ask, because people just love the chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. They love it. Mm-hmm. How did it develop? When do you bring it out? What does it mean to you? I mean, it's just, I, I honestly don't even know. Someone was just talking to me about my Italian heritage, and um, I just kind of, like, looked up a little bit about it, trying to get a little bit um, well, more well-informed on it, and I saw it, and I liked it. So I didn't really have a double celebration or anything, so I kind of brought that out one day and kind of just kind of just stuck. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll end with this. You're going to rank the top five Italian dishes. All right, chef's kiss. Top five Italian dishes. Five, four, of, three, two. I know. That's I know. a lot We're of dishes, three. man. Let's just go. Yeah, three. Okay, the fine. Three. Guy. Okay, fine. He's got places to be. He's okay, bronze, silver, about. gold. Bronze, silver, gold of your favorite Italian dish. Bronze. And then if you get it right, we'll get Rick Riz to make it for you. That's right. <laughs> man. I, I got to say, I mean, spaghetti, the good spaghetti and meatballs my grandmother made was is by far the best. That's gold. Um, that's gold. Yeah, that, that's way up there. Okay. I love uh, good pierogi. And then, um, I mean, my mom actually did make some good lasagna when we were younger, so okay. I'll, I'll put that No up chicken there. parm on there. I thought a chicken yeah, parm. Yeah, I'm not a huge chicken parm guy. Not a chicken parm guy. Yeah, that's more my brother for sure. Not a chicken parm well, guy. maybe we got to interview your brother. Eggplant yeah. parm? Talk <laughs> yeah. to him chicken parm. Yeah. Yeah. Eggplant parm? Not, no, no. Ooh, no. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. Jeez, hey, we got to get out of here. Clearly, Brock and I are just thinking about food. And hey, marriage. That's right. And marriage, yes. Hey, it's good to meet you. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. Good to get to know you. I think the fans are excited to have you here and looking forward to a great season. Thanks, for, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, go kill it.
All right, there's uh, Dominic Canzone. We taped that a couple days ago. I kind of forgotten about the marriage thing. Yeah. So you think he's going to get married because of that suggestion? No, no. no. Didn't seem like he was you up. You kind of forgot that you totally made him feel awkward <laughs> about having only dated someone six months and hoping me. she's not going to hear this. All right, now to be fair, I didn't know he was dating anybody. I was just making a joke about what happens when you live with Cal. Mm-hmm. You get married off. <laughs> you yeah. get married off. Yeah, no question. Yeah, him and Kate. Good luck, Cal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Cal just rubs off on you, and that's where it goes. What are you looking at? Huh? What are you looking at? You put your Ebenezer's on. I'll put, um, well, I know we're going to do Blue 88. Okay. And I got the, oh, I got the nice. questions here. Oh, great. And I thought it would be better if I read them as opposed to not knowing them. What do you mean? What am I looking at? Oh, I thought maybe some hot breaking news came. I, I don't, don't have any hot breaking news right, or anything right, like that. Right. We may get some unfortunate news coming up in the mm. next half hour. Unfortunately, on Matt Brash, I, I think that may be coming out today. And uh, when it does, we'll get Shannon in here to tell us what's going on. Right now, Brock, why don't I just ask you three good football questions? This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Saul. All right, yesterday we got this uh, Jordan Schultz report that the Seahawks are committing to jo- to Geno Smith mm-hmm. and telling him that he will be on the roster at his current salary this upcoming season. What does that mean? Why are they doing that? And why do they need to tell him that? Yeah, I think a, a couple things here. I, I, you know, you sent that tweet to us and we all kind of had the same reaction. Oh, breaking news, Mike McDonald's the head coach of the Seahawks as well. <laughs> like, it, what what is new here? I think what is new is John Schneider has spent the week at the Combine and and is letting people know that, yeah, there's not really going to be any sort of trade market for Geno. And I think they knew that anyway. They want him here. The minute they guaranteed that salary salt after the season ended, right, the Super Bowl five days later, the first chunk of it, and then the second chunk that they converted into a signing bonus to put more cash in his pocket. The amount of kind of dead cap that they would carry, even if they did trade, just makes all of it not make sense. So I think Jordan probably reached out and has some contacts there, and it became abundantly clear, like, we're not going to move him. He's not going to be moved. This is not a Geno or a Drew. Gino's going to be here. We have assured him of that. He's going to be probably going into it, the starting quarterback, and we'll see whether somebody gets drafted or the moves that follow. Um, and what do you do? You think they could then? Do you think they will sign Drew Lock? What do you think? Drew's that's gone? all. That's just a hundred percent market. Condition. Well, all right, but can you even if they get him at a decent market value? Can you keep Gino, sign Drew Lock, and then still go into the draft and potentially draft a quarterback? Not anybody high, right? I mean, nobody has three quarterbacks anymore that are all legit. No, no. So no, uh, it will all be market condition with Drew, and I, I for one, wish Drew Lock and, and hope he gets. If it. they don't sign Drew Lock, correct? Does that tell you they're likely to draft a quarterback? No, I think that tells you rounds? that the market was just more than they were willing to. Pay. Okay. that there was just uh, more people interested than what they could afford with their cap and their puzzle pieces and their needs and everything, you know, that it's all kind of intertwined in that. So, no, but no Drew Locke would mean, I think, a higher priority on a quarterback in the first couple rounds of this draft. Right, question number two. Speaking of quarterbacks that might be available in the first couple rounds of this year's draft, how's Michael Penix doing so far at the Combine? A cool little video that was out yesterday of him throwing there in the convention center. And just as you spent some time with Perry Hill yesterday, and your dad did, and and Joel's son did, and just kind of learning about some of the fundamentals. So I think for Michael Penix, he's heard loud and clear that he's a slinger, right? That he's a three-quarter guy, that that release is way too low. And you could see him working, even the convention space. And I would imagine, you know, in the setting with no rush, everything is controlled. Hey, Mike, 
Let's show these scouts and show these teams that you can throw on time, that you can throw on rhythm, and you can throw with a little more conventional over-the-top They care delivery. that you're over-the-top? Well, it's different people that we brought on have talked about. There's a lot of balls that get batted, you know, when you are kind of a low slinger. And we know that those NFL guys are a lot more adept at studying every one of your tendencies. And the Chris Jones of the world will get their hands up and do those things at the level that he didn't really see in the Pac-12 over the last couple seasons. So I loved the footwork. I loved the balance. Everything was online. And I don't know, a couple of the throws that I saw, albeit, again, just in the convention center, man, he can, he can really rip it. And if he can rip it, Salk, at three quarters, and when he's slinging it in the game, this is a chance for you to show it off. And I'll say it again, man. Take a five-step drop, sit on that back foot, and where everybody else has got a hitch and throw, you've got a chance to throw it from the right field wall <laughs> to home plate. You do. I mean, a lot of guys got to take crow hops and, and throw a one-hopper. You've got a different arm. You can be Raul Mondesi. You can be one of those. You could be Bo Jackson gunning down Harold Reynolds from the left field wall all the way to home plate. He can. He could throw it 80 yards. So do it. Josh Allen did it at the Combine, and they're still showing that, and we'll probably show it this weekend when the QBs and receivers get out there. Just sit on that back foot, wait for it, wait for it, and then let loose a throw that nobody that's going to be there on Saturday or Sunday throwing is going to be able to make. All right, question number three. Other than Penix, how are the other Huskies doing at the Combine thus far? Yeah, so Braylon Trice yesterday. That's your guy. Yeah, I've got my eyes on him. 6'3 and a half, 245, so pretty good size. 32 and a half inch arms, not the longest arms. And he didn't jump all he or do agilities. He just ran. And a 4'7", 240, 165 was okay. It was okay. It was not Chop Robinson. It was not our buddy Verse there out of Florida State who ran 4.58. Chop out of Penn State ran 4.48 at even bigger, 6'3", 254. So I think that's kind of been the feel for Trice as wow, this guy is a gamer. I'll tell you who else. Remember watching the Cougs over all these years? Those two defensive ends they've had for six years that have been some pretty darn good players and productive. Uh, Brennan Jackson, 6'4", 264, ran 4.69 with a 33-and-a-half-inch vert. Kind of shows you, like, oh, he's not just a plucky coog over there that's uh, nothing. No, he's got some stuff to him, and it's why he was so productive for those years. So Trice was okay. Actually, Ulafoscio, who's going to be a late or an undrafted guy, a little linebacker from the UW. 39 and a half inch vert best vert of any linebacker really yeah so that dude's got some explosion to him just not a lot of size not great awareness and going to be more than likely a camp guy that's got to make the team through special teams all right there you go that is today's blue 88 you get to spend some time kind of focused on the combine and trying to figure out what's going on down there in Indy. i did a little bit i spent about an hour kind of going through the tape it was just fun to see tavondre sweat six four and a half three six really six three sixty six now one eight first ten is about what you could do that's not a great first 10, but think about the amount of weight he's got to get going. <laughs> it was it was from 10 to 30 that you were like, whoa. That but guy isn't is it the first, the only the thing that matters really for him, the first 10? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But the fact that he can do it just shows the athleticism, yes, I it guess. Does. Yeah. And the want to. And I love that he jumped. He jumped 26 inches, 366 pounds. You and I right now could not do that. We'd be probably 20. You and I would both have the same vert right now? Yeah, well, it's with my the state of my back right now, you think probably. that if you and I jumped, we'd have the same vert? No, but I. I mean, I appreciate the compliment, yeah. but you're out of your mind. Yeah, I thought it, this little <laughs> charity golf tournament. I was like, oh, fun! I haven't done a, I haven't done a vert in a while. I know I was around thirty when I played. I'm like, I, I, you know, maybe I'll be twenty eight. 
Oh, no. It was like 24, 25. Oh, that must have really hurt your pride. Oh, it sucked. Yeah. Yes, it really hurt my pride. I saw you uh, playing with the football yesterday with Brian Wu. What was yes. going on over there? I was just talking to a bunch of them and actually had a fun conversation with uh, Sacito, local guy. Yeah. And we have some mutual really good friends, and I was telling him about it. And, and he actually had a good NFL ball. Wu had some Kmart, you know. Right. Yeah, it's just like a synthetic thing. Yeah. Well, Brock walked over to Wu and just grabbed the football. Of course he arm. Not it wasn't like a, really, want to toss that to me? Let's chat. Really. He just sort of knocked him out of the way. I grabbed the football. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, That's did, I did go into Saucedo and he kind of, you know, I, I can tell when stuff doesn't resonate. Right. And when it hits the wall and just falls down versus, oh, that's kind of sticks to it. I said, I see you, you, you guys throwing it. Um, you're a lefty. And I know he's a huge Husky fan mm-hmm. because he's a local guy. I said, you know, here's a little tip for you. When you're throwing that thing, if you're struggling with your spiral, here's what Michael Penix does. And it's just that index finger. The further you move it, he's like, really? And then he started to throw me a few. He's like, oh, I kind of like that. So I said, yeah, you'll watch Combine, or if you do, you'll see Penix this week, and they'll all be raving about his car wash ball that just is so tight, goes wow. through a car wash without getting so wet. So you're going to be leading some drills here for the uh, I probably won't be leading out. some drills. Did you help Will with anything? No, no. Okay. He's much younger, Mike. I, wa- I know he's younger, but I wasn't <laughs> yes. sure if you wanted to help him out. Do you know what out. year he was born? Brian Wu? Yeah. 2000. <laughs> like, come on, that's God, not that's so weird. <laughs> so he's, so he's yes. nine? He missed that, Y2K? That, <laughs> yes. Isn't that your thing, training young boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Good one, Maura. Wow. The young boys. Wow, the young, the young men. Uh, <laughs> all right, well. We'll be back here on Epstein Island in just a couple of minutes. Uh, <laughs> wow. Ty France is going to join us. i got to say again, thank you to Alaska Airlines for getting us down here. Um, daily nonstops from Seattle to both Phoenix and Tucson. It's been an unbelievable week. We still have one more interview left to do. It's the guy who, honestly, has probably been the talk of camp. You can't miss him. Well, actually, you can because he's so thin, you might not notice him in a crowd. But Ty France will join us next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.